Welcome to a special bonus episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, where I, Adam, sit down with Mieka and dig up the dirt on Undead in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Normally, this is a girls-only podcast. However, uh, we're trying to sneak this one in for um, a special mailbag, because somebody pointed out that we missed this one. <laughs> So we're dropping this on the Solstice, and I figured it would be a good opportunity for me to get Mieka up to speed before she joins the cast of Undead, because she's never recorded an episode with us before. And I went through all this with Casey and with Brad, and as people joined over time, but we've never done it on mic. So I figured, let me teach you how to break down a monster stat block. People are going to want to listen to that. Teach me how to be a mimic. Um <laughs> Stay very, very still. Bite anyone that comes nearby. I do that anyways. You fucking do. Yep. So for this episode, uh, I've resurrected Mieka, who has... I mean, it's been a while. Like, I think you were on one you recorded in the summer. Yeah, like, towards the end of the summer, that the, mailbag. The mailbag, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to break down the Eldritch Lich, which was the one that came out right after they finished recording the first Lich episode. Um, so... Uh, if you want to hear about the Lich episode, you can go back a little bit in our history. It's not too far back. If you want to hear about Dragon Liches, we also had an episode on that. And then the girls came around and, and hit it again for uh, the Undead series, because Peps absolutely had to weigh in on that one. Um, and, uh, and so for this one, we're going to focus entirely on the Eldritch Lich, which is found in the Monstrous Compendium for Spelljammer uh, when the Spelljammer book was released. So before we get into this, Mieka, what do you know about liches? If I can be honest, Adam, um, I just know that they're undead. Do, do you not remember anything? About, <laughs> I know you listened to the episode because I heard you cackling in your office while listening to it. Yeah, I feel like these are like beings that are, I kind of just got the feeling that they are the, the big bad evil guys of the zombies and the uh the little types of um of undead of undead yeah like these are the big daddies yeah when yeah, <laughs> for lack of a better sure, word the big daddies yeah <laughs> megan just cackled and she doesn't know why um so the concept of uh, a lich is it was a wizard or a spellcaster at some point right i remember now who essentially found forbidden knowledge Mm -hmm. um, and has done dark rituals to themselves to get, essentially, immortality. Yeah. And the way they do that, you, you should be familiar, Voldemort did it. Uh-huh. Right, they took their soul, and they uh, stuffed yeah. it in an object, and it's called a phylactery in D&D, mm -hmm. and then that object is hidden, and it can be absolutely anything. And when you kill the lich, and you reduce it to zero hit points, the body dies, but it will return in a certain amount of time by the phylactery. You have to kill the phylactery. Got it, yeah. I remember now. So, so, def so definitely big daddy energy. Yeah, they are <laughs> They are high CR. You're going to fight them at, at level, you know, 16 to 20, Oof. Um, like tier 4. Um, and they're usually smarter than any of the player characters, mm -hmm. which means they've got strategies, they've laid traps, they've got minions and generals and armies and high, high, high level spell casting. Um, I am very, very concerned about fighting a lich, because I know that if I get to, if I waltz in there with 212 hit points, sure, that's great against zombies. What are they going to fucking do? I can <laughs> wade through zombies all day. Mm -hmm. But I go up against a lich and that 212 suddenly looks like 112. Because the moment I drop below 100, they hit power word kill and you're dead. <laughs> right. In a single spell. Mm -hmm. So the, it's that kind of instant go fuck yourself they have. They also have layer actions. There are a number of different liches that are not quite as powerful. Mm -hmm. But the one we're talking about today is the Eldritch Lich. And this okay. one's a little bit different because it comes from Spelljammer. Now, what do you know about Spelljammer? Probably not. Yeah. No. no. Spelljammer's D&D in space. Only it's like Ooh. fantastical space. It's not, it's not real space. So I there's like no, that. like, vacuum and stars and planets. Like, there's mm. planetary systems. Like, you can go to the moons of a world. Okay. But, like, if our they call our solar system, like, wild space is what they call it. And then when you get beyond it, it's actually just, like, thick mists and an open sea. And, like, the ships that you fly on look like pirate ships in air bubbles. It's giving Firefly the D&D. Firefly is a good one. Guardians of the Galaxy is another good yeah. feel for it. Guardians of the Galaxy is probably one of the best feels the better, for it. Yeah. Because it is that kind of neon, fantastical, wild, mm -hmm. right? 
But one of the things about D&D, which is not really, really well established in 5th edition, is how all of the different planes exist inside solar systems when you can travel from one solar system to another. In theory, in Spelljammer, you can go to literally any campaign setting. So you would fly out of the Forgotten Realms, and then you could end up in Eberron or Ravnica or Theros or any one of the other campaign settings. But you can fly there, or you can take portals, or you can get out into the Astral Sea, which exists between the planetary systems oh. in the wild space, and just jump in a portal. Okay. Or like a colored pool of water, I think is how they do it. Like, there's a lot of different ways to communicate, and then... Fizzbands just gave us a bunch of information about how if a dragon exists in one campaign setting, another version of that dragon will exist in another one, and there will be almost an infinite number of these dragons, like a multiverse kind yeah, of feel. Yeah, about the same multiverse. But you can actually sail a pirate ship to the other universes, Ooh. right? Like, it's, it's fucking wild, but how does the Feywild fit into that? And more importantly, yes. how do the Far Realms fit into that? Mm-hmm. More importantly for this episode, because... The Far Realms is where Beholders and uh, Mind Flayers mm-hmm. and all of the tentacly, squidly level of um, Cthuloid horrors come from. Uh-huh. Um, not, not necessarily aquatic in nature, but all the really fucking weird aberrations, right? They come right. from the Far Realms. They don't speak common. They've got weird mindsets. They're usually evil and paranoid and looking to looking to just eat the shit out of everything. Um, but they're intelligent and they've got technology sometimes. And mm-hmm. like they fly around in like legit spaceships and like it can be weird. So okay. how does this fit in? Apparently the Far Realms is out there in Spelljammer out in the Astral Sea somewhere, which is where you run into these aberrations. And there are a number of them listed in the Spelljammer book, which are really interesting and um curious i really like them but i'm never gonna go to Spelljammer, so like don't expect to see them in my campaign mm. but they're usually like they've got space whales that's one of them right <laughs> so like alien multi-eyed space whales like blue whales that just fly through space out there oh, like, wow. and that's like one of the more benign ones there's a lot of really nasty evil shit including like sentient meteors and shit that are just going to try to bust the hull open and kill you yeah it seems like very what's the word like no rules type of like anything can happen yeah there's well i mean it's called wild space for a reason it's it's Mm, kind of it's kind of bizarre and so when it comes to the um eldritch lich the key phrase here is eldritch now you play a warlock right yeah Eldritch Blast, baby. Eldritch Blast. The Blast. (laughs) So the idea with the Eldritch Blast is that it's called the Eldritch Blast because you have this ancient, old, um, I mean, ancient, old is the same word. You have this ancient, powerful blast that comes as magical blast so that you're hitting and and, um, doing force damage. It's unique. There's not a whole lot of other things out there like that. And that's because traditionally speaking, people think of warlocks, they think of great old ones, which are Cthuloid, so that Uh comes from the Far Realm. So you're following the train of thought here. Yeah, yeah. So Eldritch Lich is, again, the same thing. This is an undead lich, but when we get into the description of it, you're going to see it's a little fucking horrifying. (laughs) So I I sent you a link to the... to the actual breakdown of this on D&D Beyond, which is where people can find it while it's still there, because this stuff I find does not last forever. Hmm. So if you can get your hands on the Monstrous Compendium, which you should be able to by the time this comes out, um, for Spelljammer, I think they have one for uh, Dragonlance as well now, um, you're going to get into the Eldritch Lich. Uh, and I took a bunch of screenshots of it. Yeah, I see. So uh, we're going to dig into the lore, but before we get into the lore, we start scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So until we get a picture of this creepy-looking motherfucker. Let me see. Give me a second. Okay, this one, right? Oh, I do not like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mm-mm. no. So, And you can you can get the impression immediately that this guy is not to be fucked with, right? Yeah. Um, now, he's not as powerful as a regular lich, which always feels strange to me, right? Mm-hmm. But a regular lich is in Tier 4. Uh, this is the end of Tier 3, so it's a CR 15, which I'll get into in a minute. But you can tell just by looking at this guy that he means business. And the first thing about him is uh, that he is buck-ass naked. However, I say him, but that's just because there's no, like, vague (laughs) boobs attached to it, though, right? But, like, he's got almost, like, like flaps of skin that circle his waist that hang down like a dark mantle's 
um, cloak, like like almost like bat wing kind of that hang down. I wonder down. if that opens up into like wings or something. Could be, although it looks like he's just hovering. Yeah, which means he doesn't need that, so he probably just floats because he's fucking. You know what? It makes me think if those wings ever come open, then you're not winning this fight. No, <laughs> um, you're not gonna win. <laughs> also, yeah, like pale skin. The face is very skeletal. Mm-hmm. There's the kind of like a uh, halo that you expect to see. In old, like, medieval paintings, that disc mm-hmm. behind the head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got glowing, evil, strange runes coming from it as well. Yeah. Um, the hands have claws. I mean, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Most things have claws. Um, but something very unsettling about these claws. <laughs> yeah. There's also a tentacle out of each armpit and one out of the center of the chest. And the one out of the center of the chest clearly has a mouth with a shit ton of teeth underneath it. Like right above the abdomen and underneath the breastbone. Mm-hmm. Like there's some there's some gnarly weird shit with this guy. It's giving parasite. That's what it's giving. Cool. I'm glad that you say that because it's very much a parasite. Yeah. So then we get into the lore. Of the thing. So whenever we do an episode, the very first thing we like to do is describe what this thing looks like so everybody listening has a touchstone. Nine times out of ten, there will be a picture of the monster, mm-hmm. either on our Instagram or, I mean, if it ends up in a... Well, all the undead ones end up on YouTube. Yeah. So we do have graphics there of what these things look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they're easy enough to Google search as well, right? But just for right. a quick touchstone for those of you that are driving that can't hear, right? <laughs> Uh, we tend to give a physical description. Then we jump into the lore. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I am not going to weigh in on the OGL shit. I'm not going to weigh in on the SRD. I'm not going to weigh in on what we are legally allowed to do with the copyright material. Because we have crossed our T's and dotted our I's. And we do not ever, ever cross that line. And Dan and I have been very, very, very careful over the years to edit shit out where people have crossed the line when it comes to copyright stuff. So here's what it comes down to. When it comes to lore, we can talk about it. When it comes to stat blocks, we can hint at it. Okay. When it comes to hardcore mechanics, we can discuss it, but only if we are judging it, like we're passing a review, or it's satire, or we need it for context to explain something else. And this is why we can get around some of these things where we can have pictures of beholders up on our shit, because beholders are copyrighted by Wizards of the Coast, but we are giving a legit review about how do we like these creatures? How do we use these creatures? What are different ways to go about it? Right. But when it comes to the lore, we got to put it in our own words. And you're going to see that a lot in all the breakdowns, Mieka, is put it in your own words. Right. <laughs> um, so, um, and if you're going to quote it, quote it directly. And remember, always leave out enough stuff that it's not going to impact the nature of the episode, but it is going to encourage people to go by the book. Mm-hmm. Because I'm all about that. Go buy the D&D book. I know Wizards of the Coast has been shitty, but this is a hobby we all love. Um, They're not a great company these days. However, if we want to get better material, we have got to be willing to spend the money on it. Right. Whether that's D&D Beyond or whatever. You go in with all your friends, 10 bucks each, and you go buy a book. Like Whatever it is. I'm not saying break your bank over it, but... Yeah. Go out, buy it, and make it have an opinion on it. Yeah, and that's the other, the next thing we do uh, when we are talking about the description. We say, where can you find this information as well so that people can go look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Eldritch Lich, uh, it goes on and on about how this is a creature that's from beyond the stars. This is all about a great old one who is making promises um, with information that is going to tempt an intelligent creature to not only be able to bend reality, but to understand kind of forbidden knowledges and things that that almost defy logic and sense. If you think that we have, you know, the laws of physics here, but the person that created the universe, the entity that created the universe, would know the actual, like, mathematical equation. It's that kind of shit. And that's very Cthuloid as well in Call of Cthulhu. That's oh, yeah. the That's the forbidden knowledge that drives you crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it specifically says it's going to affect a wizard or a warlock. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. I play a warlock, so. <laughs> but this would be an evil warlock that has heard these whispers, that's given in to this, that has become an Eldritch Lich. Right. So, um, like other liches, Eldritch Liches um, are clearly magical in nature. That's kind of the deal for a lich, is you have to be a spellcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to have cheated death, right? Hmm. 
But instead of you understanding undeath, this one makes a deal with a great old one to have a parasite embedded in their body. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. So Ew, I hate that. The parasite is what gives them undeath. So okay. these creatures are still undead. They're not aberrations, although they really freaking look like it. Mm, okay. The parasite not only gives you undeath, but it also gives you tentacles and this nasty mouth that's visible in the middle of the torso I was talking about. That is the mouth of the parasite that I'm assuming needs to be fed. What do you feed it? Um, Adventurers. Yeah. Souls. Yeah, <laughs> Souls. gnomes. Yeah, but it's, it, this isn't going to be like the soul extractor or something that you're like pulling the spirit out of creatures. Right. No, you're giving this you're, thing flesh. Yeah, like it's going to eat you. Yeah. And there's nothing, going to be nothing left. So it says that one of the best um, ways to kill an eldritch lich, because it doesn't actually say anything about a phylactery because the phylactery is kind of the process of becoming undead. Mm. This one now... Um, you have to kill it and then get in the way of it being revived by the parasite. Okay. And the way that you do that is by casting Magic Circle. Are you familiar with Magic Circle as a spell? No, I'm not actually. So that is why I include it in the book. Ooh, okay. Right? Um, I went and I grabbed the... Uh, see, on D&D Beyond, it's great. There was a little link. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed a screenshot of this for you as well. Gives you all the information that you want. I don't care so much about what school it is. Um, but it's good to know that it's a third level spell. The casting time is one minute. It's clearly abjuration for those of you who speak wizard. Um, <laughs> there's a charisma save attached to it and it lasts for an hour. There are, of course, verbal, somatic, and material components. And it's got a area of a uh, 10 feet cubed, but it's like a cylinder, right? So, right. um, so it's like a 10 foot radius, 20 foot tall cylinder. Glowing runes appear wherever the cylinder intersects with the floor or another surface, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you could cast it and the edge of it can, like, go up through a table because it's, like, in- incorporeal technically. Right. So, um, and uh, you choose uh, one of the following types of creatures. Celestials, elementals, fey, fiends, or undead. In this case, you would choose undead because it's an eldritch lich. Um, and then it affects the creature in very specific ways. First of all, the creature can't enter the cylinder except by uh, magical means. So it can teleport in and out, but that's it. It can't just walk through it. It's a barrier. Um, if it does try to teleport or use like interplanar travel, it has to succeed on a charisma save. Okay. The creature has disadvantage on attack rolls against targets within the cylinder. Mm-hmm. Targets within the cylinder can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed by the creature. And when you cast a spell, you can elect to cause its magic to operate in the reverse direction, preventing a creature of a specified form from leaving the cylinder. Mm-hmm. And this is where it's important for an Eldritch Lich. Right. Um, an Eldritch Lich constantly hears bizarre whispers from the far realms. That's just standard aberration or aberration shit, right? So, um, and the Lich responds to it, mutters and mumbles and nods and gesticulates in its direction and stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, but it also uses telepathy to share those whispers with the minds around it. Okay. So, if you are nearby, you will also hear those maddening whispers as well. So it can, like, literally lead, like, lead you to insanity. Yes, that's going to be the point. Yeah. Did you see how much information I left out? And did you see how often I was quoting it directly? Right? Sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially with spells, you have to quote directly for context, but other times you can just leave shit out, right? Um, There's enough information here for us to now have context about what is an Eldritch Lich. And then we go to the stat block. And this is the most important part of what It's a Mimic has to offer is busting out a stat block, right? right? That and dick jokes. Yeah, the dick jokes. So, um, it's a medium undead. It says typically neutral evil, but I mean, you're not going to find one of these guys being lawful good. Not not without <laughs> no. some, some mental gymnastics. <laughs> not so. with a parasite in the middle of your body. Nope. Uh, it's got a pretty decent armor class. Um, I see n- that. Not as high as what you would expect in a CR 15 creature, but it's definitely up there. The reason that it is so powerful is going to be the offensive, not the defensive. Which is why it has hit points, but honestly, your level 15 party, if they can get two or three rounds in, uh, and they know that they're getting into a fight, they will fuck this guy up pretty quickly. This could be a short battle mm-hmm. if you're not careful. Right. Um, it has a 30-foot 
uh, walking speed, but also a 30-foot flying speed, and it hovers. And the reason that's important is that if you knock it over, it does not fall prone, it doesn't fall to the ground, it continues to hover. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> um, it is uh, pretty decent on the stats. The big ones are dex, intelligence, and constitution, which means this thing is going to have high saves for physical attacks. You know, all the, I cast fireball, yeah, he'll probably make the save, right? Um, the saving throws have big bonuses to intelligence and wisdom, Mm -hmm. but we don't see anything in the twenties, right? None of the numbers are are that scary high, right? Uh, which again makes me wonder when is that other shoe going to drop? Probably somewhere in the features and the actions, Mm -hmm. right? Mechanically speaking, by the numbers, not really terrifying yet. Yet. (laughs) Yet. Uh, got a plus 14 to Arcana and a plus seven to Perception. Sure, why not? I'm not sure it's ever going to roll an arcana check, but whatever. Um, <laughs> damage resistances uh, are resistant to necrotic and poison. That's interesting. Well, that makes sense. That's what undead do. But I would want him to be immune, not resistant. Right. But that's an undead thing. Right. It, the blood doesn't pump. The poison's not going to affect, right? Yeah, so. it's undead. Exactly. <laughs> um, condition immunities are charmed, exhausted, frightened, paralyzed, and poisoned. All of those make sense. Um, it's not going to feel exhausted or poisoned because it is undead. You're not going to frighten this thing. You're not going to charm it, right? And it's not going to be paralyzed. It's just too powerful to put up with that shit. It has a mission and it's going to try to accomplish it. So here's the first thing that's absolutely fucky about it. It has uh, 120 feet of true sight, which means it not only knows you're there, it is not going to be fooled by your illusions. Oh, fuck. Yep. <laughs> Uh, oh fuck my illusions (laughs) my my illusions (laughs) um the languages that it speaks are common deep speech is not common (laughs) well because it needs to communicate oh yeah yeah, this is your villain gloating it has to have the gloating language right it's a bad guy um deep speech which is the one from you know um the far realms Right. right. The, all the aberration shit. Because the great old ones are talking to it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And telepathy out to 120 feet. Um, its proficiency bonus is plus five. But, uh, I mean, of course, I'm not sure that people legitimately care about that. Um, but, I mean, I do because I reverse engineer the math on this. But I don't think most people do. For their features and traits, the very first thing that we have is the Far Realm Parasite. This is a worm-like parasite that contains the lich's soul. So the parasite itself has eaten the soul and it's inside of it. When the lich dies, it implodes into the parasite, which then vanishes into the far realm. In 2d4 days, the parasite causes the lich to reappear within 1d4 miles of where it died. But if you can get it to die inside a magic circle, the lich instead reappears as an otiug with all of the lich's memories. An otyug is like a three-legged, it's got like weird tentacle whip things. Um, it's a mostly stinky, I don't think we ever covered it on the podcast, but it is mm-hmm. a stinky garbage monster of teeth and tentacles and three legs that runs around. And it's... I, I hate this thing. It's like you're dealing with one huge bug. Yeah. D- <laughs> you know what? Hold on a sec. We can do this. I'm going to show you. I think it's right in the monster manual. Otyugs are famous D&D. There we go. Open the you page right to right it. You right to it. Like, that is an Ochi. must be meant to be. I don't like that. So that's, so like if I was a warlock and I. You would have had like the, the larval version of that Ill. embedded in your chest to keep you undead. And then otherwise, if you cast a magic circle, it comes back as this fucking thing with all of the lich's memories, but it's a CR5 now. So you guys can just raffle stomp this thing, and it's it's done. Like you, I'm you telling you right me. now, if I ever like become this, please kill me in the campaign. Noted to my group. Noted <laughs> to my group. Please kill me because I do not want to be something that's ugly. <laughs> we all have different priorities when we game, me yep. and yours is consistently. I need to be pretty. Y'all are gonna learn my priorities when it comes to D and D, and I know <laughs> I am talking to a specific group of people who will understand me. Um, there are four <laughs> legendary resistances, which means that if, um, the Eldritch Lich fails a saving throw, it can just choose to succeed. Okay. It can do that four times a day. 
You haven't run into this. High-level creatures often can do that shit. <laughs> just decide. They just shrug it off. That way, when you kick the door open, it'll be like, Aha, fuck you, meteor swarm. You gotta make a deck save. He's like, yeah, I succeed. I will just do it. I'm fine. Oh, I don't have time for that. That's <laughs> this is this is the battle between high level wizards and high level monsters, mm-hmm. right? Where wizards have to say like, "Can I use it now? Have I seen it?" And and they'll and the bad guys will be like, "Is this worth using on an eldritch blast?" Right? <laughs> yeah. or, or like a like a low level fireball or something, right? Like right. So um, also, it has an undead nature, so it doesn't need air, food, drink, or sleep. Okay. Which I really like because I feel like this thing just hovers out it, because it doesn't need air. It can just be out in the astral sea or out in wild space, just out in the stars, floating after your ship. And every time you break, he just keeps coming closer and closer. And Ew! Closer. I can't be seeing that out of the corner of my eye and I'm in space. <laughs> I would be so disturbed. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> um, for actions. It's got multi-attack, so um, it'll make one tentacle attack, uh, or it's going to use a spell casting. It's also going to use its Psychic Whisper twice. So let's talk about the Psychic Whisper first, because it's going to be the main thing it uses. Mm-hmm. It targets one creature it can see within 120 feet, mm-hmm. and they have to succeed on a DC 17 Wisdom save, or take 6d6 plus 4 damage. Ooh. This is Psychic Damage, which means even Barbarians will get hit by this. Mm. And they're stunned until the end of the Lich's next turn, because their mind is filled with incomprehensible whispers driving them temporarily insane. Ew. And they get to do that twice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say anything about having to target different creatures with it. So if you fail in the first one, you can hit them again on the second one, right? Uh, and then, a lot of the time, it'll do a parasitic tentacle as well, which is a tentacle attack. Plus nine to hit. 10-foot reach, which is good. I always like it when it's got a little bit of reach. Mm-hmm. Everybody always likes a tentacle no, with a little bit of length to it. A little bit it, of so. reach, a little bit of length, a little bit of... <laughs> a little bit of suction, a little bit of... All right, moving right along. <laughs> There's a reason we're getting married. <laughs> you, you make sure you cut that out. Continue. I will not. Please do. I won't. Um, <laughs> it also does 6d6 plus 4 piercing damage plus... 6d6 plus 4 necrotic damage as well. Mm. Because it doesn't just hit you, it hits you and sucks the life force out of you. Ew. Okay. You gotta succeed on a DC 17 constitution save or be poisoned. You can repeat that save at the end of each of your turns, um, and it ends on a success. If you fail three times, you die. And you dissolve into a gibbering mouther. Do you know what that is? The fuck is that? <laughs> Where did I put that book? Right here. <laughs> A gibbering mouth. I wonder if I can open it right to the page again. Gibbering mouther. No. Oh shit! Second page. Gibbering mouther. Ew! <laughs> what is this? That thing? is a blob of eyes and mouths, and it just babbles as it like slurps towards you. Oh no! I can't fight that. So if you fail against the the tentacle save three times, mm. but this is what I mean with the eldritch lich. It doesn't have the defenses to hang around so long that it's going to force that. Right. But it's smart enough to separate creatures from from the group. Yeah. This thing will split the party and fuck you up. It, yeah. Like, I've, I think I've said it earlier. It has a goal in mind. and Like yep. most monsters do. And, and the best part is the Gibbering Mouther obeys the Lich and uses the target's initiative. So, like, this is... It now has a henchman. Additionally, on top of that, it has spell casting to use if the uh, tentacle isn't working out so well. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. If it's got a little tentacle dysfunction, it will rely on things like Arcane Eye, Dimension Door, and Plane Shift. Both of those will be to escape. Arcane Eye will let them spy. Hunger of Hadar and Lightning Bolt, um, they get twice a day. Sorry, the first three they get once a day. Uh, Hunger of Hadar and Lightning Bolt are twice a day along with Dispel Magic. That's going to be the main offense that you're going to see here. Is mm-hmm. I think it's going to open up with Lightning Bolt to really fuck up a party. And then Hunger of Hadar will be another one. And then when, you know, the Mage Armor goes up, it will just Dispel Magic. Yeah. Right? I mm. think that its number one goal is going to be, because it can fly, its number one goal is going to be get rid of the Spellcasters. Yeah. that We are the targets. <laughs> the first ones. Uh, it also has, at will, Detect Magic, Mage Hand, and Prestidigitation. Not Mage Hand. Oh yeah, Mage Hand. It's coming keeps, for your wand. This thing keeps reaching. I don't know if I like this kind of reach. That in my head too, that Mage Hand is in the form of a grasping tentacle, like a speckle grasping tentacle. 
It's like you're trying too hard at this point. I'm not, no, I'm trying exactly as hard as an Eldritch Lich would do. <laughs> um, I really need the, the Spectral Tentacle Mini now to drop on the... <laughs> I would love table. to get the Mini of this thing. To, uh-huh. Can you pitch a look on my... Play? Yeah, okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dave would just be fucking aroused. Anyway, so... Um, the As a reaction, it has a Far Realm step. Immediately after taking damage, the Lich, along with any equipment it's wearing or carrying magically teleports up to 60 feet to an unoccupied space it can see. So if you hit it, it bamps the fuck out. Okay. So all of the plans, this thing, so here's the defensive thing is it's moving. If you hit it, it moves somewhere else, right? This thing is just like bouncing around the battlefield. It is, and and then hitting three times and it can go wherever it can see. So you know it's going to go right back to wherever that weakest character is. Yeah. And it's got true sight, so it knows where you are. Invisibility will not help you. No? Nope. It can see you. Uh. Now, there's one other little bit at the very end um, that says, Form of the Great Old One. And uh, right. so, the Great Old One is, it's poorly defined. Like, it is a thing that it, that exists. It's what we talked about, the Great Old Ones are. They're not gods. They're not demigods, but they're, they might as fucking well be. They're like... Scary guys. Above level 30. Yeah. Right, like CR thirty, like they're more powerful than a Tarask. Um yeah. but like we we've seen the aspect of Tiamat and the aspect of Bahamut, which are the dragon gods, but like the avatars of them, not the gods themselves. Because if they ever showed up on the planet, they would just their existence would wipe out whole swaths of populations. So so we see an aspect of them, but but those are like super fucking powerful. The great old ones are that powerful, if not more so. Hmm. Okay. So, um, you actually get a D6 table to roll to determine which one, which one of these entities is responsible for the parasite and the Eldritch Lich. Okay. And the first one is called Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> because Cthulhu is public domain and anybody can use him, mm. um, he pops up in D&D now. Like, he is canon. Uh, has been for a while. Uh, Thera's Dune, the Chained God, is something I want to say, I want to say that that is... A huge um, adventure path in 3.5 where Thera's Dune was chained underneath, I want to say, the Shackled City. And you had to go rescue, I, I can't remember if it was um, Greyhawk or Forgotten Realms. But uh, he's evil, like super fucking evil and super like gnarly and gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dendar the Night Serpent is the Yuan-T snake god, like that, like the god of the night that wants to swallow the world. Mm-hmm. Kind of the, the Jormungandr um myth from uh Norse mythology. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't recognize Gonadar or Zargon the Returner, but that which lurks I don't like that name. That which lurks I oh, <laughs> I don't a, like that name. <laughs> appears it's it's one of the fucking bad guys in one of the adventures and I'm trying to remember which one, but it's right at the end. So like I'm trying not to spoil it. Yeah. Um but uh that which lurks is is another D&D thing that you don't want to come across. Yeah, anytime they don't give you a proper name and they're just giving you a uh, fucking phrase. <laughs> yeah, I don't want nothing to do with that. So, so there we go. That is that is a breakdown. And that is how we break it down really quickly. There's not a whole lot of... Um, if you follow it and you kind of understand what the numerical numbers mean, like you know as a player, anything above 20 is high when it comes to the stats. Right. right. So you already know that, so you don't have to worry about that kind of math. You know right now that when you're at level um, five, which you are right now, you've got a plus, what, six or seven to hit, something like that, depending yeah. on your ability modifier. Mm-hmm. So when you see creatures with a plus nine to hit, you know how powerful they are. Yeah, pretty powerful. Yeah, you know that it, I'm rolling my Eldritch Blast, so it's a, it's a 1d10 plus whatever. Right, but he's doing 6d6. Like, you mm. can see kind of the power scaling on that. So you'll know how powerful or weak right. these things are. Um, and so that's where a lot of our inspiration comes from on the podcast as well, is how can we utilize these things together? The fly and the, the ability to teleport. Why is he not teleporting up? 60 feet to any point he can see. That's a good point. Directly upwards. Because 
the spells he casts, I, I don't know what the um, range on lightning bolt is off the top of my head, but I know it's more than 60 feet. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can you can screw up a party just by thinking in a 3D environment. A lot of the stuff that we look to is um, what spells, if there are any, plus the traits, plus the movement. These are how we're going to um, really make our monsters hit harder. Mm-hmm. And if we have something interesting like the ability to go upward and an interesting area like a spaceship flying through or a pirate ship flying through space, you can imagine that Banff, he's up in the crow's nest. Oof, yeah. Right? That's true. So, or like hovering behind the sail so you can't see him unless you cross the entire deck to get to him, right? Like, mm-hmm. there are different ways of going about There are some of the spell jammer ships that are the spell jammers themselves, was named after uh, is the ships. Some of the spell jammers have like closed decks and closed cabins and stuff. Um, so you can imagine this thing like peering in through a porthole Ew. and then teleporting immediately into the ship. I can't. <laughs> I can't with that. No, you're not a fan? Not a fan. All right, so here's the fun part. We only had one, so we didn't actually roll initiative. So here's the fun part. Let's grab dice All and right. let's let's roll because I, I have questions. Okay. Yep, we throw it in. I got an 11. I got a 6. So I'm going to go first. I'm talking to myself, as is tradition on the podcast. <laughs> and the first one is, what is a cool quest with these guys? And... I'm going to say that my quest, my campaign, the thing that I want to do the most with these guys is if I'm out there doing Spelljammer, I'm probably not going to bring them into a regular campaign. It's going to be a Spelljammer thing. So you're going to go to a planet where you're supposed to go do whatever it is that you need to do. Go pick up fuel or drop somebody off or whatever fetch quest it is. And you get there and the only things that you find are gibbering mouthers all over the place. Mm -hmm. Now, you can knock back a number of those. They're relatively low level. Mm. But the action economy works against you. So when you see 400 of them coming up over the horizon or down the street, it's okay, back on the ship. Let's get the fuck out of here. What happened there? Mm. And you start to find gibbering mouthers and the odd otiug and a couple of just worms with teeth and tentacles. Like, well, that's gross. I don't even know what that is, but I'm going to step on it. And it's one of the parasites. Like it's an otiug baby. Right? Like it's a Mm. larva. So, so, as you start to see these things, you're starting to get the idea that there's this Eldritch Lich who is super powerful and has followers. I would even give him a cult. Mm-hmm. Because, of course I will. It's Dungeons and Dragons. You need to fight a cult sometimes. Sometimes you just got stuff fight a cult. <laughs> yeah. But I think that is going to be revealed that this guy is not the big bad guy. The great old one behind them is. So you get to that level 13. If it's a CR 15 and I'm building towards this, my guys will have access to Magic Circle. They will have learned what they need to do. They're going to have decent ass wands and they'll have range spells, the ability to teleport, that kind of shit, right? Um, They're not going to go in blind or dumb when it comes to this, Mm -hmm. to fighting this guy. But when they kill him, I think it should then be revealed that there are seven or eight others. Mm. And they're all just working on different planets, slowly spreading this horrible shit across the universe. Right? Mouthing. And yeah, and if you you really want to stop it, you have to go stop Cthulhu or the one who lurks or probably a homebrew god of my own making that's all parasitic and gross. Mm -hmm. But that's that's where I'm coming from with this. What, Mm -hmm. What do you have for a campaign or a quest? Um, I've, so I've always wanted to play in some type of pirate campaign. My thing is, the party finds an abandoned pirate ship in the middle of space. They go and explore, and then when they go below deck, boom, you got these things just hanging out. Like multiple Eldritch Liches? Yeah. Or, oh, so this is how you fuck over the end of the pirate campaign. <laughs> if you have more than one of these guys, your, your team is fucked. Yeah. Well, I mean, there could be just one. I think normally, traditionally, there would be one. Like, one of these things is a world killer. Yeah. Right? I like the idea of doing a level 20 campaign where you've got to hunt down and stop, like, eight or nine of these fucking Mm, things. Right? And by the end of it, you know what you're up to, and it's, like, the circumstances that are a little bit different. Right? Mm -hmm. It's not so much the creature, but... Yeah. But maybe you go to a planet, and everybody's absolutely fine because they've just worshipped it. Ooh, that's a good one. Right? So... And they, like... That would be so freaky. It's, like, for the longest time, you think that... Everyone on the planet is, like, normal until you find out the truth. Uh, get me off that fucking planet. I'll be the first one to <laughs> leave. Um, 
Body horror. Mm. So, what's the worst, most disgusting thing that you would lean into as a DM to gross out your players? For me, it's going to be the quado in the middle of the chest. It's a... That's mm. gnashing its teeth and babbling. Because, well, I think the lich knows common. I think the parasite knows deep speech. Yeah, yeah. I The way it would look to me to really gross them out is like what you said. Um, have that parasite in the middle just like going crazy with all this energy. But like the being that it's attached to is just like, ugh, like, <laughs> like laid back and just. Oh, like it's a, like it's gray. an empty husk. Yeah. Right. Like, like it's gray and it's just like. Ugh. Oh, oh my God. So can, like there's pieces falling off. It only has like yeah. three fingers on one hand. The eyes are gone. Yeah. It's rotting. Right? Like it's mouth rotting is open. Flesh. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can get the parasite to stop talking mm-hmm. for, for a moment, then you can actually hear the Eldritch List Lich begging, kill me. Yeah. Fuck. I love it. I would cry. Um. <laughs> Uh, now, we normally talk about role-playing opportunities, and this thing is intelligent. Um, I think that the standard lich itself, as far as role-playing goes, I've never met a lich that doesn't love itself. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is a gloating character. Yeah. Uh, how dare you you pretend to be my equal and all that. That shit. The, you, know, you know the speech, yeah, right? Yeah. The, ah, uh, you thought you <laughs> could take over, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Not the Gilgamesh, blah, 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 right? Yeah. So, like, that kind of nonsense. Um, any tips or tricks for role-playing with one of these things? What about from a player's standpoint? What do you say or not say to one of these things? I would kind of feed into its bullshit a bit. I'm trying to survive. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's like... Hi, my name is Mieka, pr- prospective warlock and yeah. cultist. How are you today? <laughs> Pretty much, like, I will be, like, respectful to it, but in the same time, I'm planning the attack. <laughs> I'm... My favorite thing about that is you do this with every character, and in real life, you are the least deceptive person. The look on your face when you try to lie is you just give it away every time. No. <laughs> um, for exploration and clues about, like, where you would find this thing or how you'd be able to track it. I think it would be damn difficult. You would have to follow the trail of gibbering mouthers, mm-hmm. otiugs, other minor aberrations that it's created. Yeah, that leads to the center of the, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also have it be like, I would have plant life wither around it. Yeah. Right? Shit think like that. the environment, like. Yeah, and I know that that's not in the lore, but when I'm dealing with a creature like this, that is both undead, mm-hmm. like a fucking lich. It yeah. is a lich, and it's also... Uh, like an aberration. It is a mm. from beyond where where life is not the same way. Right. Right. I would have maybe maybe plant life withers or plant life turns black and grabs at you like tentacles. Yeah. Shit like Something that. Something like right? that. Like I'm not expecting when I find this thing. I'm not expecting it to be like green grass and the sun is shining and. You, but it would be like when it first shows up and it takes like two days for everything to start to wither around it. This thing. Just floating across an open, sunny field is actually fucking terrifying in yeah, its own right. Yeah, you know what? Right. I retract that. <laughs> that, that. That is some that Teletubby shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, plot twist, that's what the Teletubbies were. <laughs> the, 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 the four uh, horsemen of the apocalypse. Is, <laughs> is there, are, like, does the Teletubby still come on? I don't know. Has, God, I hope not. Has that, like, devolved into animation now? I like, think they've. I think they just sacrificed an eight Poe at this point. <laughs> Like all the facade has dropped. All old TV shows have just never evolved into cartoons. Look, like, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this, and I mean this from the bottom of my soul. Mm. You do not trust a man named Tinky Winky. <laughs> all right, so combat tactics. Uh-huh. All right, my combat tactics for this guy is honestly, he is not going to retreat mm-hmm. until he's clearly going to lose. Even if there is a sliver of victory there, the Eldritch Lich will continue to fight. Right. Um, because this, I think it is about infecting and creating more. This, like I said, planet killer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And driven by another force. Retreating might not be an option. Yeah, that's true. You gotta think, what are those voices in its head? Could you imagine if there is no fucking um, Great Old One? 
and it's just the parasite lying. <gasps> and the parasites are the actual evil thing oh that God. they're trying to spread. That's what Otiugs are, is just like this cosmic horror that is slowly taking over, pretending to be dumb and, and, and just like tools of a greater God. But it's their own hive mind. I then I feel like the world, you would run into these things constantly, I feel, if that was the case. I, like, I would I would get you to run into more and more slowly over a campaign yeah. until this is what you're dealing with. We've run into a lot of them recently. Do you have any other monsters, DM? You're like, yeah, but uh, well, here's another four. Currently, yeah. the world is being infected and yeah. y'all are going to have to deal with it. Do you have any combat tactics? Like, what do you think this guy is doing on a battlefield? What do I think he's doing on a battlefield? He is, like, he's, like, in the middle. I see, when I think of this thing, he's, like, sitting in the middle and he is trying to move as close as he can to the weakest player. It's that tentacle whip, right? Um, like, the parasitic tentacle, because that he has to go within 10 feet. It's not going to do too much movement because it feels like it shouldn't have to. If it Like, from what you said earlier, it... It has this big, grand, like, ha-ha, this is what I am, you know? So it's not going to do much movement, but it's going to reach, and it's going to rely on itself to be able to grab at you, and, like, you know, it's going to rely on those tentacles. I love the idea of, okay, so one of the things that we learned in Fizzbands was that um, dragons aren't, uh, I forget how they put it, uh, a dragon never needs to try to impress you. They're calm. They take their time because they're always in control and they're the best one in the room. Yeah. Why would they need to rush? Mm-hmm. I think about this for an Eldritch Lich as well. Yeah. Now, imagine you've got but your... They have no class. Your your CR... That's not where I was going, but... <laughs> but imagine your, your CR6 or CR7 in a Spelljammer campaign, and you've got a high-powered wizard on board with you mm-hmm. that the Eldritch Lich wants. And you, you're you on watch at night, you're up in the crow's nest, and you see this thing float down onto the deck, and you hit it, and it fucking ignores you. Or suddenly the whispers in your head stun you, and it just floats by slowly. Ugh. It can move 30, but it goes 15. It doesn't need to rush. Right. And it gets up to the door, peers through the window, and Ew. teleports to the other side, and slowly down the hallway, past the sleeping quarters of everything else, floating there, toes barely touching the floor. As the the tentacles are maybe it's maybe when it gets inside the tentacles are grabbing the wall and pulling it along too mm-hmm, right until mm-hmm. it gets to the wizard's door at which point it is just going to uh, mage hand the door open yeah right See, too much power yeah and then <laughs> right in ew poor thing um and then you just find you hear the screams and find the blood and there's no body how does it embed itself does it go in their mouth the parasite yeah. I assume it's a suppository. <laughs> of course you would assume that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say that, that I bet that when you infect it, it is, oh, that's gross. It like, it like wraps the two other ones around your body, like trapping your arms in. And the third one Ugh. goes down your mouth, like in, in, down your throat and in your stomach then the the tentacle itself opens up the little the little hole in the end and implants a parasite inside. All right, so and then slurps back out the mouth. I can't. So if this ever happens to me, I need my uh, teammates to kill me. You, and, and, Even if I suspect that it has happened. And a therapist. And a therapist. Yes. All right. So the last thing here is what DM three runs in the undead uh, episodes, and that is on a scale of one to ten. Slithering girthy tentacles. <laughs> How would you rank these eldritch liches as part of the undead landscape in D&D 5th edition? And before you answer, I want to say this. The others treated liches badly. They were like, oh, fives and sevens on a scale of one to ten. They're not so bad. We could take them. Because Casey and Megan have fought liches. Casey became a lich at the end of one campaign. <laughs> so it's not a big deal. But I want you to stop and think about the horror how scary is this thing? You run into this in D&D? How, how much does this add to the undead landscape? For me, it's going to be an eight. I feel like with me and my... Because I'm, I'm always going to play a spellcaster, honestly, no matter what. That's my jam. I feel like that would be, and it is in real life, one of my fears of having a parasite inside me and change me and change the the way that I think. So it's a solid eight. I still feel like there may be something 
above it that might be a little bit stronger and a little. Well, bit a more classic lich is going to be strong, right? Right. right. Yeah. The great, the great old one behind the exactly yeah. there. Yeah. So I think solid eight. Um, I like these guys. I'm gonna ramp up the body horror. Something fierce too. Do you remember the thing we sat down and watched it a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be that level of wet, Ooh. gross body horror. So, yeah. so I I quite enjoy these guys. I like them. <laughs> They're not classic enough for me to be able to use in any campaign. Right. But I think that of all of the creatures in Spelljammer, these are going to be my big bad. Yeah. Yeah, when we hit tier around. four, even though they're CR fifteen, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna max hit points, beef them up a little bit, but I don't need to do much, and I'm gonna lean into the world-ending power behind them. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Uh, keep these things away from me. Um, I honestly think that these creatures would be great in a pirate campaign. Uh, that that could just be me wanting to like uh play in a pirate campaign. Hint, hint, Adam. Um, <laughs> I just finished a pirate campaign. I'm not eager to get back. I want to be in a sexy pirate campaign. Well, I'm going to tell you the pirate the lands that that. <laughs> The pirates lost, became undead. <laughs> One of them is a lich, Casey's old character, and has taken over parts of this of this realm now. Mm-hmm. The pirate realm. And the the point of the campaign you're in is to go defeat their old characters. Oof. So you're going to go into the undead pirate campaign. That is a thing that is happening, and it will not be sexy. But I love Casey, and I feel like Casey loves me, so maybe it won't be so bad. I will be playing the character. Fuck. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so it's time to close the crypt on this part of our conversation on Undead in D&D 5th edition. Um, Stay tuned, because we will be revisiting Undead uh, again relatively quickly here. I think uh, you're going to be doing whites and wraiths and shit in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but thanks for listening to the uh, It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com. And if you'd like to discuss what you've heard here today, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at r slash It's a Mimic. For other episodes on other kinds of monsters, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never you know, know what, what you're, you're going to sandwich. All right. How was that? I liked it. Yeah, it's not scary, is it? Did I do a good job? Did you? No, that's it. You're, you're, you're our unpaid intern. We're gonna put. No, (laughs) I don't want to be Dave level. (laughs) (laughs) We will promote you beyond Dave. He will deliver coffee to you like the bitch he is. I will be sexy intern Mieka. I already know that. I bet you are. There we go.